I want to get right into what I feel like the Lord's put on my heart. As a pastor, I have been in my share of hospital rooms, convalescent centers, for decades. And uh, at those times, many times someone is preparing for surgery, it's post-surgery, there's all kinds of things, of course, that goes through your mind. But then after that, there is a season where a physician will come in, and in certain of these cases, they'll tell the patient, uh, you need continued therapy. Those of you that have gone through it or know somebody's gone through it, typically you hear the abbreviations, you need some PT or you need some OT, some physical therapy, occupational therapy. It's amazing how quick somebody can lose the ability to do certain things they've done forever. So the occupational therapists come in and assist someone just simply learning how to walk again or walk up some steps or, or to be able to... Uh, Uh, go to the restroom unattended or to turn a faucet on, all these things. With that picture in mind, I want you to also now think about another part of us human beings, and that is the soul. There are times we need to have soul rehab, and yet many times it goes undetected. Many times there's no one there to say, you need to do this. I will tell you, again, being the practical-minded individual that I am, a lot of times my guidance, my counsel is extremely simple and very direct and usually objective. And in moments like that, you want to, and I have done this, you'll just share with somebody and say, for the next 20 days, I want you just to focus upon your soul. Because you see, as you're going through the physical therapy, the occupational therapies, you're concentrating on the equipment that has to be brought into the home or the facility that you have to go. You have nurses, you have dietitians, you have all these different individuals assisting you. But many times when we have gone through something traumatic and it hasn't manifested itself in a physical way, we just go on with life and others assume, well, that's the same old Joe there. That's the same old Sally there. And yet there has been this diminishing of the soul. Anybody with me? Many times you say, well, just take the next 20 days. Because a lot of times physical therapy, that's what has been given to you, 20 days. With that in mind, and again, not casting any stones, just bringing attention to where we are as a culture. Those of us that have a little age on us can remember just a few years ago where it was not uncommon to have a week of revival, to have two weeks of revival, to have six weeks of revival. And it wasn't that we had that once a year, multiple times through the year, and sometimes it's exactly the scripture that Nesbitt brought out, we expected uh, to have two or three revivals. Of course, way back, you would always have a spring revival and a fall revival. But then we found out that, you know, we don't have to just depend upon the calendar. And so as the scripture was brought out by Isaiah, those are the things expected, but we have a God that does what we don't even expect, right? How many times in revival meetings, night after night, There was breakthrough. How many has ever experienced breakthrough? 
It's exactly what we're talking about is a soul rehab where someone is praying over a concentrated area, their marriage, their business, their own soul, their children, and we just find ourselves coming to an altar night after night after night after night, not, not leaving saying, well, God didn't hear me. It's I'm focusing and I want God to hear me. How many knows the scripture says if we knock, if we seek, these doors will open, he'll hear us. So there's that effort on our part. The soul rehab is so needed, especially in our time. If I ask for a raise of hands today, if those streaming ask and ask you to email, many people would say, I'm there right now. My soul is diminished. I'm weakened. I want you to stand with me as we read a passage that you might know one or two of the verses, but I want you to concentrate on the entire focus of Psalms 19, beginning at verse 7. I want to read through verse 14. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, receiving, excuse me, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter than honey, the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Declare me innocent from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Verse 14, you'll recognize that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Can we give the Lord just a hand clap of praise for his word? <laughs> Hallelujah. Before you see to turn to somebody and say, I'm going to get something out of this today. We put so much attention on the physical. The physical needs attention. It needs help. It needs help in hygiene. It needs help in cosmetics. All these things we know. And we can have a lot of fun with that. But so many of us never really focus on our soul. We just assume it'll work its way out. We just assume it'll self-correct. We just assumed somehow it'll be okay. And yet individuals can go through situations or it's just the grinding of life that gets a person to where they're numb. You know how many times I've had couples in my office or one of them and just say, I'm just numb. I'm just numb. The grinding of life, the grinding of pressure, it's bearing on the soul, but we don't really focus on the soul. Well, if I just get more money, I'll, I'll be happier. If I can just go over here, if I can just get this individual, and yet we have to focus on that soul. We know the 23rd Psalm very well. If you know any scripture at all, you know the 23rd Psalm. And the 23rd Psalm, among all of that it tells us about the good shepherd, is he has the ability to restore our soul. 
There are times that that's exactly what we need. We need restoration. In other words, we know we've lost something. We want to get back to that level that we once knew. We want to have that experience again. We want to be able to have that peace that we once had that just seemed to be automatic, and yet we're recognizing now it's not there. I'm not as happy as I used to be. I'm not as pleasant to be around as I used to be. Uh, no amens here, please. Until we find what is going on. The scripture says that the law of the Lord is perfect. It's perfect for the soul. It restores the soul. It revives the soul. It is understanding that the law of the Lord is not something that's grievous and burdensome to us. It's a pleasure. It's a privilege. And it comes with all these other benefits. It is, and he, get this, he says, it will make the simple wise. It makes us smarter. You ever had anybody accuse you of being smart lately? And immediately we just want to come back, I'm not really that smart. But how did we come across as being so wise? Is it because we have looked to the word of God so often that it's ingrained in who we are in how we do business and how we have conversation? You see, there are some things, this is like taking vitamins every day. Once you do it for a long period of time, you don't even realize the benefits you've given to your physical body. You don't give it credit any longer, even though traditionally and by obedience, you're taking those vitamins. They're doing the right thing. We just don't know how to applaud it anymore because we've been doing it right for so long. Oh, that is so good preaching, Pastor. See, we're always wanting a new thing. We're always wanting a new fix. I need a new author. I need a new book. I, I, I need to listen to this. I need to do that. I need a new song. I need... What's wrong with his law that's perfect? And it becoming a mainstay, a staple of our life. We're just in the culture of advertisement and marketing. Just, it's got to be a new thing. It's got to be new and improved. It's got to be bigger and better. Supersize it, Whatever. And yet the law of the Lord continues to do its work. Here's the secret. The secret is our stewardship. And it comes back to one thing. How do we respond? Pastor Jason gave a perfect example today in a brief experience of this morning where in the moment he had to wrestle. Am I just going to be hateful and nasty and woe is me and be chicken little as he said? Or that correcting of his mind. Wait a minute. I've got a car. I've got two cars. I'm blessed. I've got a job. I can pay. And he's, you heard the experience of what was going on in that car as he's driving back to the house. Did it make the car run better? Not a bit. Did it make him run better? Absolutely. It comes back to this reality of our stewardship. How do I respond to life? Now, it's one thing to get knocked down. None of us like to get knocked down. And when we get blindsided, when we get stabbed in the back, it, it is a crushing blow. And we will have to have our time where we are restored. When you're injured through divorce, when you're injured through a, a breakup, when you're injured through uh, somebody that you've known so long and worked together and, and they've embezzled or they've cheated or they've lied about you, let's, let's get real with this thing today. It hurts. 
Turn to somebody and say, I've been there. But are you going to stay there? Many people get stuck. All of a sudden, the whole world is an ugly place. It was an old story I remember as a kid hearing about, just come to mind, of, of a gentleman that had never eaten Lindberger cheese. It just so happened that the man, kind of like old Brother Wayne down here, had a mustache. And in eating that Lindberger cheese, first time he realized, you know, it has a stench to it. So he was eating it, and he kind of liked the taste, but he didn't like the stench. And all of a sudden he realized that, you know what, it, it, this has smelled the whole house up. I'm just going outside to get me a big breath of fresh air. Went outside... But you see, he forgot the Limburger cheese was still in his mustache. And his whole attitude was, the whole world stinks. Problem wasn't the whole world. How do we respond to life? Knowing that the soul is a catcher's mitt. It's going to catch it. There are times we need to become blessed. We need the assistance of someone else in Christ. We need a brother and sister to pray with us. We need some. Sometimes you just need to be there. How many knows that? You don't want words. If they have words, they're like, save them. I just need your presence. And all these things, how do we respond? Well, we come back to our stewardship. A verse we all know very well is Proverbs 17 and 22. A joyful heart, it's like a good medicine. A joyful heart. We know that and we start activating that again. Wait a minute, I, I, I've, I've, I've got to get my heart in tune again. My soul's hurting, but I've got to get my heart controlling this. I got to be able to once again get where I was. I need a restoration in my soul, so I need my heart to lead the way. A joyful heart. If I just become downcast and downhearted, dishearted. See, all those words are speaking to us. Because it goes on, the same verse says, if a joyful heart is like a good medicine, a crushed spirit dries up the bones. How many knows that your attitude can affect your physical body? It's all found in the Word of God. Norman Vincent Peale is a name we recognize. And he had a dear friend who had real challenges physically. He had already had one entire leg amputated. And then he got the news that his friend was going to have to have the second leg amputated. Now, those of us that have both limbs there, we, we think, I don't, how would I survive that? And as Norman Vincent Peale was going to the hospital to visit his friend, he had that thought in his mind. As he got to the hospital and making his way to his friend's room, he met some nurses and doctors. They recognized Dr. Peale, and he had already visited his friend earlier, but some recognized him from other broadcasts. Anyhow, they were telling him, about his friend that he was going to visit. You're here to visit so-and-so, aren't you? Yes. He's the happiest man in this hospital. So when Norman Vincent Peale walked into that hospital room and he looked at his friend, he said, they tell me that you're the happiest man in the hospital. What's your secret? 
He said, you see that little book over there on the nightstand? That's my Bible. It's very good medicine. Wow. It's not a makeup story. It's a real testimony that the law of the Lord is perfect. But we have these joy stealers that we deal with continuously. As soon as I mention the word worry, some of you know that it's talking to you. Some of us worry that we don't have anything else to worry about. It just becomes this thing in our life. And what we learn about worry is most of the things we worry about never come to pass. But we've expended so much time and so much emotion upon the worry. And what about stress? We know what stress is. And in most cases, stress is that which is out of control. And in most of those cases, it's beyond our ability to control. So we just stress about it. Well, again, it's reality to be concerned about something. And worry will come knocking at the door to say, will you let me in? And again, stress is a part of our life. But how do we respond And then there's that other big word, fear. And we understand that fear is different. It's that uneasiness about pain or evil or danger that's present in our life. What are we going to do with these visitors that visit our soul? Do we just stick our head in the sand, act like it's not there, go into denial? Do we just bark at the whole world and say the whole world stinks? Or do we again go back to his word I found a testimony. I'd like to meet this lady, Helen Malincoat. And she was having a time where she was in her devotion time. And she was just being very honest with the Lord. She said, Lord, I am embarrassed and I'm regretting my past, what I've done. And Lord, as a result of that, I am fearful of my future. You ever prayed those words? Ever thought those thoughts? And she said, the Spirit of the Lord just spoke to her and simply said, my name is I am. My name is not I was. My name is not I will be. My name is I am. The Lord is always present. For us, as we measure time, he's the same yesterday, today, forever, and yet he never changes. So it is that joy factor. Psalms 37, we know it well, don't we? If we delight ourselves in the Lord, he'll grant to us the desires of our heart. I like what Billy Sunday, Billy Sunday was an evangelist that previously had been a professional baseball player. Billy Sunday said, if there's no joy in your religion, then there's a leak in your Christianity. (laughs) Something's wrong. Something's wrong. The joy of the Lord, we know these scriptures, don't we? But what we have to recognize today, it all ties in to our stewardship of how we respond. Do we go to his word? And as much as it may be a practice in our life, there are those times 
that we hear the Holy Spirit say, I want you to focus now. He may not say 20 days, but we realize I need a concentration of just going to his word. How many have learned, as Nesbitt brought out again, about praying his word? Sometimes we're doing a word search, as we call it in scripture, because we have the responsibility of doing a devotion or to teach a class. But have you ever just done that for yourself? And you're going through something, and you say, Lord, I want to know what your word says about this situation. Lord, my body is sick. What does the Bible really say about healing? I'm not going to wait till Pastor Brooks preaches about it. I want to know firsthand in my devotion. And for the next, I don't care, Lord, how many days, I'm just going to focus on all the healing scriptures. Anybody ever done this? There's a ministry still out there, and part of the ministry of these healing rooms is to marinate in the Word. Just, and uh, Jerry Langston was one that shared how they coined the phrase in the ministry she was a part of, soaking rooms. Just soaking in His Word. Just reading His Word. How many of you got the Word of God on tape or CD or Bluetooth? And just let the scripture fill the atmosphere. Just let it speak. Just let it speak. How many ever had revelation in those moments? To where sometimes it's through the printed page and we're reading it or digital page of the Bible and we're reading it and all of a sudden it's like, whoa, that is talking to me. And other times it's just hearing the word of God. How many ever been in a church service where a preacher's preaching and all of a sudden it's like, Oh my, he's talking about me. Ever been there? You know how many times I've had somebody get me out in the foyer and just say, all right, did you have to tell the whole world about me? <laughs> I've had them say, do you have cameras and microphones in my house? Are you listening to my conversation? And what's ama more amazing than that is I'll have an individual do that and talk about one part of the service, one part of the message, and another one come up and say this very same thing. Do you have microphones in my house? Are you, are you watching me? Are you eavesdropping? And they'll talk about another part of the sermon, and just like you could empty the building, this whole service is for me. Well, there was two that said the same thing about two different subjects. And then I'll go ahead and be very honest with you. I've had individuals can say, that is some of the best preaching I ever heard in my life. You know, when you said this, 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 and this, it was just speaking to me. And as they walk away, I think, I didn't say that. They heard the Holy Spirit say that. And I got to take credit. <laughs> it's true. Those things happen. That's what happens in his presence. It's the stewardship of going back to something that seems so antiquated. The law of the Lord is perfect. And it revives the soul. Just the hearing of it. Just the meditating on it. Just watching over it. This joy factor, I can remember as a child growing up in church, certain little songs would stick in your head. Anybody know this little song? I have the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? What's that, Brother Carey? That 
That's not children's church. That's big people church stuff too. Thank God for the new music. Thank God for it. But some of this other stuff that's just way down in our soul needs to come alive again. Just those simple little diddlies, just those simple little, I have the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. And you, it starts putting something in your feet, doesn't it? All right, now, let me ask you something. Sing with me one more time. I have the joy, 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 joy. Where? 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 What do you have? Where? Down in my heart to do what? To stay. Now, I want to ask you something. Do you feel better? Proven, empirical evidence of his word, of his presence, and of our steward. This is good preaching, isn't it? It sure beats going to Facebook. We'll see what else that jerk's doing right now. Can you believe? They're a, such a hypocrite. Look at that. Now, not all Facebook is bad. We know that. It's our attitude. What are, we, are we looking for gossip? Are we looking for slander? Are we looking for hatred? Along the way, folks, our souls are in trouble. We need help. Proverbs 15 and 13 says, a glad heart makes a cheerful countenance. Do you know that smiling has been proven by medical science to improve the health? The Duchenne effect, that's when you smile so big you could eat a banana whole sideways. (laughs) That smiling that gets not only the lips, it gets the eyes involved. It absolutely affects and rewires the part of the brain that makes decisions and rations out things, rationale. In other words, by smiling, we get smarter. Amen. Amen. Somebody else say amen. I mean, no, I don't want just one amen. <laughs> feel like the old preacher. I'm not getting many amens today. Come on. Something as simple as smiling. It's not only ministering to somebody else, it's affecting our health. A a merry heart is like a medicine, smiling. And what about laughter? Laughter has been entitled the internal jogging. Look at Rita over smiling right now. This is good, isn't it, Miss Rita? You could teach this up here better than me for sure. You've been doing it for years. Laughter simply is, and it's been described as the best medicine because it gets the flow of the peptides in our blood system flowing freely. It causes these feel-good endorphins, listen, to boost the immune system. Well, what medicine did you take? I don't know, but it was good. (laughs) They'll think you're high on something. Just laughing. If you don't have anything else to laugh about, laugh at yourself. Learn to laugh again. Learn to smile even when it doesn't make sense. Carrie, if you'll come. Let me tell you a little practice. Some of you have learned this. Maybe some need to be reminded or taught altogether. 
Many times when I'm struggling the most, emotionally, mentally, which is all the time, or just struggling with challenges, you know what I've learned to do? Be a blessing to somebody else. Just give out of your poverty. There is something about giving. This all stewardship. It's all how we respond to life. This whole message is simply that. That the law of the Lord is perfect. We can get to the place where it, it so perfects us that it revives the soul. It changes our countenance. And so we still go through life and we're challenged. So sometimes it's hard to get the smile on our face right away. It's hard to laugh. So step out on your pain and minister to somebody else. When you see a smile show up on somebody else's face because of your effort, what does it do to you? It changes everything. Lynn and Bobby Davis, years ago, when, before COVID, we, a lot of hospital visitation, they'd just go as members of the church. I watched both of them work on their skill sets. Lynn, how many knows Lynn can sing? I could walk into a room and they were already there visiting. And Lynn, if he wasn't already singing, he'd say, you know, I'm thinking about this song. And he'd just start singing. It's just what natural. How many knows everybody enjoys hearing Lynn sing? But Bobby had an intuitive to her. I just watch her. You look uncomfortable. Can I fluff your pillow? Honestly, I've watched this. And people's like, yeah, I didn't even, yeah, my, yeah. They didn't even realize they were looking like this. She fluffed their pillow. Hey, would you like me to go down the hall and get you a Sprite? Oh, that sounds so good. And then pastor walks in and says, we don't need you, pastor. We already been ministered to. I bet you left those rooms better than the people you met, though, didn't you? Every time. Every time. Years ago, before we were so nervous about everything, I'd go over to the hospital and not even have anybody scheduled to, to visit. I'd just start going down the hall and start visiting. That was my worst days. And as I left there, I didn't feel so bad. Stand with me today.